Here's a trailer podcast. I'll keep it short and sweet. Outdoors, good music, going fast, laughing, having fun, friends and family, financial situations, things to think about, think about outside the box, love, romance, basically everything on the sun. Let's have fun. Let's get after it. Here's my podcast. HP. Well, 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 well. I realized that in my last uh, episode, I had my song going for about 30 seconds in, so <laughs> I do apologize for that. But hey, you know what? I was just kind of thinking today on a hike. I had another topic that kind of just inspired me in a sense, even though I do have a couple things planned for everybody on getting on the um, this podcast and definitely talking to some close friends and interesting topics just to hear the viewpoints and have other people just kind of discuss things. But the thing I was thinking about today was honestly recovering from an injury and for some of my close friends you know like they know I had an unfortunate event where I was playing in traffic I guess you could say but literally I wasn't um in September 14th oh excuse me 2014 and on September 22nd at 6 p.m. I actually got hit by a car and I guess you could say it was one of the most you know life-changing events I've ever gone through And it's kind of crazy to think about it since that being so long ago now. But I guess every single day I I kind of feel that pain as in it's not the pain of physical, but it's mental. And I was just talking to a friend over Snapchat actually the other day. And um, he sent me a Snapchat because he actually ruptured his Achilles and had to get surgery. You know, and he hasn't really been walking. He's just been trying to go to the gym. But the beautiful thing about that is what he's been doing is wonderful, as in it's his mindset. And, you know, the one thing that I always like to talk about in my, not not to myself, but <laughs> just friends in general, we're just brainstorming or whatever and just BSing about life, is how powerful the human mind is, you know. It's like, I was talking to somebody the other day who was a dietetic, and she was discussing to me about, how stressful it is about her job. Like she loves everything she studies. She loves everything she knows about nutrition, things of that nature. But all of her clientele she gets are people that just don't care. You know, they, they don't, they, they don't want to be there. They don't want to do that. They're getting told from a doctor that they have health issues. You know, they need to lose weight. They need to do trying to get better sleep. And they get sent to the dietitian because what they're eating is complete garbage. And I know a lot of people don't want to even talk about it, think about it, but you know, your the human health is, so important for just how you function overall it's like you don't put garbage gasoline or you're not going to put fucking olive oil into your your engine you know uh for it to run on it's not going to work it's not the right not not the right gasoline not the right fuel you know but there's people who splurge every single day drinking pop having processed foods having extremely processed sugars you know, all these little things. I'm not going to get into like anything when it comes to, you know, plant-based or animal products and that whole argument. You do what you like. You see what works for your own body. Do what makes you feel healthy. Do what makes you feel happy and do what makes you feel that you're actually getting positive results. You know, there's days where you can without a doubt and you absolutely need to, I would say, um, splurge as in, yeah, get some ice cream. On a Saturday night after you've you worked your ass off all week. Now keep in mind, you gotta earn that. 
that's how it should be. You know, being in America, we have so many things at our fingertips and it just makes us so freaking lazy. And I'm, I'm accustomed to it and everybody else is, you know, I'm not perfect by all means. Hell no. I'm addicted to caffeine without a doubt. (laughs) And and that's something I face every single day. I love ice cream. I love, you know, cookies, you know, I just got some for my mom. Actually, she mailed them in um, from Ohio here to Colorado Springs, Colorado, you know, it just all these little things. But what I'm trying to get at here is your mind is really what is going to steer you in the right direction. It's not going to be somebody else. I mean, somebody else is going to tell you, hey, man, let's go work out. Let's go, you know, let's go work out and go hiking today. Let's go bike, bike riding. Let's go do a certain amount of push-ups and pull-ups today. Let's challenge ourselves. You know, that's great to have and great people to have in your circle. But guess what? You know, at the end of the day, it's literally you looking yourself in the mirror, trying to make a decision. And when I was talking to my friend, you know, over Snapchat, and he was like basically telling me about it, you know, his workouts and his recovery he's trying to do. Maybe it's just who I am because of what I've went through. And I try to cheer him on, be like, dude, that's awesome. Keep at it. It's just a mental thing one day at a time. And he's like, absolutely. That's one thing I've, I've realized. I don't know from his past if, you know, if he's had any other major injuries, but, you know, when you rupture Achilles tendon, that's, that's very difficult. So it's, it's a mental battle. It's one day at a time. It's everything else in life. Your health is a marathon. It's from the day that you're born to the day that you die. Yeah, we're all going to freaking die one day, but I'd rather feel healthy and happy. And, you know, for somebody who had a lot of baby fat, as I guess you could say, in, in, in high school, you know, I remember drinking pop my freshman, sophomore year. My dad goes, he's like, do you want to play college soccer? And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's like my goal. He's like, you need to stop drinking pop. And, you know, I, my dad's from West Virginia, never really had anything like, you know, any kind of crazy, healthy, you know, eating kale kind of thing. So coming from him, I was like, whoa, where'd that, where'd that come from, man? And he just knew, like, that's just going to be one little thing that's going to make everything better. So long story short, stop drinking pop, just try drinking more water. I didn't drink coffee until I think my junior and junior year in college or maybe sophomore year. But, but by the point, it's like I got rid of that kind of substance in my body. Had drastic improvements. I was working out the most I've ever worked out in my life at that moment in time. And all my other teammates were all kicking ass and taking names because we had goals of what we wanted to do and as a team and a result in that. And it was literally just me shifting my mindset onto what to do. But back to my friend about what he was telling me about, and it was so reassuring to hear, and I, and I haven't heard you know, my mind think like that in a while, was he basically said, yeah, man, every single day I have a plan of what I'm trying to do as in my recovery. And I know it's going to be discouraging sometimes. I know there's going to be times where um, he's talking about it's going to suck and he's going to be like, damn, you know, he's going to have to wait, you know, six months, nine months until, you know, he could potentially run again, I would assume, you know, from stuff I've heard about, like I remember when David Beckham towards his, his, uh, tendon, that it's actually basically like a rubber band that snaps and rolls up the back of your leg. It's crazy. And it's a serious injury. Like it can almost ruin your career. So hearing him say it's one day at a time and we're talking to discussing like that mindset. And I was in the middle of a workout, ironically, and I think I sent him a workout say I was doing like a five minute lunges, which I actually got that workout from my buddy Ben. So shout out to Ben really quick. <laughs> that is grueling. And uh, I'll get to that later. But but my buddy Mike, you know, he was kind of telling me this stuff like, hey, man, like, yeah, it's one day at a time. I know it's going to be uphill battle, of course. But at the same time, it's almost going to be so rewarding when it's done. And that's all I'm going to say one day at a time. I'm not going to think one month from now, two months from now. We're not going to do that. Your body is going to be, a, it, it, it's like sculpting. You know, you got to be patient, very patient. There's a, there's an end game, of course, but it's all about the mindset. And 
I was sharing these these almost like flashbacks in my mind when he, when he was mentioning this to me. And I was thinking back to back to 2014 when I got hit by that car. And I was like, holy shit, man. It was kind of wild to think about that. And I remember, <laughs> I remember that car accident happened. Or not car accident, but I guess whatever you want to call it, you can. Uh, and I remember laying there on the ground in the middle of the road. And it felt like the world stopped. Like, uh, I guess if you've ever seen Saving Private Ryan or any kind of war movie when there's bombs going off in the background. And it's like slow-mo and it's like black and white. Yeah, I had that exact same feeling in um, ambiance, I guess you could say. I didn't feel any pain. And I don't know if anybody else who's, you know, had a traumatic injury where they broke their leg in half or, you know, dislocate, dislocate the shoulder. And it's almost like you lose phase of reality and your mind's in a different spot. It's honestly like you feel like you're tripping, um, I would assume. And I've never done any of that kind of stuff, uh, psychedelics or whatever. But what I'm trying to say is it's like your mind's in a different space and it's kind of wild to experience that. And, you know, I remember laying there and thinking, okay, um, what's going to happen here? And I remember trying to get up and my body was kind of like convulsing as in my abs, my abdominal region of my body wouldn't let me get up. It was like having a seizure almost, it felt like. And I remember laying back down and, uh, yeah, I don't want to get into the weeds of that, but when I, when I got in the ER, it's kind of funny because, you know, I was laying there, I'm like, holy shit. And I got super emotional. I was like, all right, you know, I'm playing club soccer for Bowling Green. I'm in the middle of my, you know, thick of my, my major with some really difficult classes trying to get ready. And it was, you know, September and I remember I had a job on campus and I just got done trying to recruit, you know, um, somebody from my club soccer team to join my fraternity at the time. And it was just, it was just so much at once and then just overwhelmed. And I was trying to ride home and get ready for a quiz actually take online. And I was just super overwhelmed. I was sitting there just crying my eyes out, swearing and just fuming at the world. Like, why the fuck did this just happen to me? And it's just so much in my mind. And I was 21 at the time, I believe, or 22. It was just crazy to think. And I remember sitting in the hospital and, you know, my one uh, buddy at the time, um, I shouldn't say at the time, but, you know, in that in that moment of time, he was texting me. He's like, hey, man, are you going to come pick me up and go to our uh, flag football game for our fraternity? And I texted him. I was like, hey, man, I got hit by a car. And I was kind of drugged up at the time for painkillers. And he was like, what? And he ended up getting to the hospital, seeing my condition. A couple other teammates from my club soccer team came in, fraternity brothers. And everybody's like, holy fuck. Like, the, the, their faces were like they just saw, like, 20 ghosts. And they like shit their pants. It was it was wild. I remember they're almost kind of laughing. I didn't realize the magnitude of the situation. The doctor rolls in, and oh wait, hold on. I gotta pause because guess what? My food is in the oven. So hold on one second. I'll be right back. <laughs> Holy smokes! Okay, never open up the oven when it's <laughs> when you have it at four hundred plus degrees and have your face close to it. <laughs> Bad decision there on my end. But at the same time, I started baking a lot of food in the oven with just like my cast iron pan in there and cover it up and season it and just slow cook it. Freaking amazing. It is, oh my God. But highly recommend it. Look up some recipes. You will thank me later. Unbelievable. Um, but what I was getting at, like, you know, sitting in the hospital there and you're kind of just wondering what is life. And at that time, I didn't realize magnitude. The doctor rolls in. And he goes, how's it going, sir? And he explains who he is. You know, he talks about some things. I'm, it, this is literally, you know, three hours after getting hit by a car. And I have a full fucking neck brace on. All right. I have my fingers wrapped up. And I'm sitting there trying to absorb this. My leg is 
wrapped up completely. I have a metal stint in the back. I just got done with, you know, an hour of x-rays looking at my spine and all these things that are going on. And he told me, he's like, all right, man, here's your options because we're going to have to do surgery tomorrow for sure. He goes, either we can put an entire cast around your leg after we get done kind of doing some surgical options of just trying to realign the bones. But the way this broke, you know, the chances of it healing completely accurate off a natural healing with a cast around it, you know, it's not going to be perfect because you could be moving and shifting around while the bones are trying to heal. He goes, uh, and that estimated recovery is going to be about nine and a half months. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, nine and a half months, Jesus. Keep in mind, like, I'm extremely active and have way too much energy. <laughs> so I was just like, that ain't going to work. He's like, or oh, option two, we can do this. We can actually cut in, into your quadricep, lift up your your kneecap, uh, your patella bone, and go into your, so my, I broke my tibia, which is in the medial side of your leg, the inside, aka, and we're going to drill a titanium rod through the, the bone realign it correctly put two screws at your ankle right above your ankle joint and then two three inch screws cross-jointed underneath your patella bone right by your patella tendon guess what you know what your recovery estimate should be about seven months and the healing process should be way better because we're connect we're connecting that bone and there's gonna be reinforcement inside of it i'm sitting there i'm like what the heck is this guy talking about Keep in mind, I was a full-blown kinesiology exercise science student getting a minor in nutrition, all right? So I kind of had an idea what he was talking about, but, you know, I was on planet La La Land trying to figure out what the heck was going on and what I was going to do with my life. <laughs> and I was crying like a little baby, too, before that. So I'm just like, okay, I think that'd be the best option. It sounds like you already know. And he's like, yeah, that's what I do normally. I'm like, okay. And I had some fraternity brothers with me, some club soccer buddies and my, my coach at the time. And... You know, they're just like, what the fuck? And they don't know what to say. I don't, nobody knows what to say. They're just trying to be there and have good support and be, you know, good brothers and teammates, you know, and that's what happened. I don't even know how I slept that night or whatever. I don't remember anything after that. I just remember waking up and I think my mom drove from Cleveland, Ohio to BG uh, Bowling Green. And I was just sitting there just like talk, trying to talk to her. And she's obviously freaking out because, you know, her son just had this accident and there's so much backstory to it that I can't really get into, but you know, it just the whole recovery thing is what I'm trying to get at here because I want to try and tie in the story to just basically anybody who's going through anything. Um, and there's more to it I'll get into, but really it's anybody who could be having issues with, you know, let's say your parents are getting divorced, um, your girlfriend or boyfriend, you guys are going through a really rocky stage. Um, Let's say that your job, oh my God, like I could talk about this for hours, but your job is driving you nuts. There's uh, Patty in accounting is pissing you off or there's uh, Joey in, uh, you know, sales that's quoting things that are pissing you off. There's all these things in your life that are going wrong. And no matter who you fucking are, there's always something going wrong, you know, but it's how we handle it. So I'll dive into that more later. But what I want to try and get into is how severe a moment could be in your life and you make an adjustment to make it better. Now... You can't eat. I don't know if any, if you haven't gone through one of these surgeries before where they're going to put you under, it's a trippy ass experience because they have to calibrate how much medicine they want to give you as a human being and your, your weight, your height, 
you know, how fat you are, how much muscle you got, how lean you are, how skinny you are, all these little calculations for anesthesiologists to give you medication to make you basically fall asleep while they're cutting you open and doing their business. Um, and you're sitting there and you can't eat or drink anything. They need you to be empty, as they wanted to say. And I'm sitting there and it's about six o'clock in the afternoon the next day. And my mom is, you know, there. I can't really remember everything that she's talking to me. I think she was just kind of trying to absorb the information. She was kind of freaking out, which is completely understood. My mom cares so much. She's a freaking saint. Um, but we're, I'm sitting there and, and they delay it about an hour because the doctor's been in surgery all day just doing surgeries. And they delay it by an hour because it's supposed to be at 5 o'clock. And my mom almost want to go talk to the doctor. Like, are you sure you can do this procedure today? You've been doing, you know, surgeries all day. I think she literally asked him that. I am not the, I wanted to ask her and double check, but that's what my memory tells me. And I started laughing. I'm like, you literally just act as a freaking doctor who's got like 15 years of doing this post all of his residency work and all this other things and of schooling. And you're going to ask him that, but he's like, no, I'm, he's like, I'm glad you asked that it shows that you care. Um, this is proctor, but no, I'm completely fine. And I'm confident I can do this. I think my surgery is supposed to last about two hours, maybe three, two and a half, depending on, on what it's like once they actually cut you open and get in there. And, you know, I'm sitting there and it's, what is that? It's, it was basically a whole day of 24 hours. Cause my, my, I got in this car accident got hit by the car at six o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm actually in the same clothes, like my shirt. I have the same Marshall soccer shirt on and I'm like, all right, they start putting uh, the needle in your arm and trying to you know, start giving you, uh, you know, anesthesiology and just, I, I get, I get the actual drug of it, but they start to make you go sleep, you know, go night, night. <laughs> and I remember laying back and from my last memory about that going on was I'm in this bed and they start rolling you into the surgical room and you're just looking directly up at the ceiling because you're all the way in your back, you know, and all the lights just start fading. Literally like a movie scene. I don't know how they came up with that, but it's the same exact thing. You see all these people in this room. There's a bunch of lights and stuff. It's like they're about to do a dissection on you, and the lights just start slowly dimming. And then, bam, you wake up, and the next thing you know is you're awake. And you have no idea what really happened. And I didn't really feel my leg or anything. Um, I was still kind of like on morphine. And morphine's like, I guess what they classify was like synthetic heroin because you really don't feel anything. You're numb. And that happened, um, I believe it was a Tuesday I had the surgery because the accident happened on a Monday. And I started going into, you know, just in and out, in and out, just trying to sleep. And I'm not really eating at all. Like, you're all kind of messed up. They give you on this morphine. And you're trying to, you're basically numb. Personality's gone. You're, you're all loopy all the time. It's, it's insane. So I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, all right, I guess I'll, this is where I start recovering. And, you know, I've like pulled my hamstring and things of that nature. I had some crazy muscle sores, pulled my groin. Uh, and I'm sitting there just trying to calibrate the situation. Friends are coming in. And I was in the hospital until Saturday morning. So what is that? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning. I was all the way in there. And I had a nurse that was checking on me at like four o'clock in the morning. For some reason, that's when my cycle woke up. And I didn't eat for about a day and a half. So I'm losing crazy amount of weight and I'm losing so much muscle mass in my leg. And Saturday rolls around and they're like, all right, Mr. Proctor, you're clear to go home. And I had to go back to my parents' house and they gave me a bunch of Vicodin. Never had had any kind of painkillers before. 
I get home, drive all the way back to Cleveland, Ohio. I was like in a freaking wheelchair and I was super depressed. Didn't realize what life was. And, you know, it was kind of crazy to think about it now. Way <laughs> so far ago, because I was just a little young mind and I was super, super, super pissed off the world, like so mad. I was like, how could this happen to me? You know, I didn't, I wasn't in a good place. I was just so pissed off. And I remember just trying to sit at home. I couldn't even get upstairs. You know, my dad couldn't carry me. My mom couldn't carry me. I was like 168 pounds. You know, they're not going to carry me. I was a dead weight. I can't really help them out. Literally can't put any weight on that leg. And my two fingers were broken too. And um, I'm sleeping in my parents' office. And, you know, my first night home, I was on all that biking, like I said. And I'm sitting there and just like, like again, not my mental state was so bad. And I didn't want to be in those pain pills, but I was told to do it and I didn't fight against it. I remember waking up at, uh, it was like two o'clock in the morning and I just randomly woke up and I, you know, I, I couldn't, I didn't even shower even for about two weeks cause I couldn't stand, um, correctly. So I was doing like a, a dry towel bath and it was crazy to think because you're just sitting there just freaking out. And I remember I woke up, like I said, and I had blood all down my shirt. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And I, you know, you can't yell or whatever. So I literally had to call my parents, call my dad's cell phone while he's upstairs. He wakes up, comes downstairs. I just see blood all over me and I have no mirrors, you know, near me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm kind of freaking out. My dad comes downstairs and he starts like kind of laughing. I'm like, what the, why is he laughing at me? I got blood everywhere on my shirt, my arm. I'm like, what the fuck? And <laughs> he looks at me, he's like, dude, you got a bloody nose. He's like a really bad one. <laughs> And he like takes a photo of me. I wish I still had that photo, but he shows me. He's like, dude, you just got a super bad bloody nose. I don't know if it was because of pain pills or whatnot. And we just started laughing. It's two o'clock in the morning. I just try to clean myself up and whatnot with a wet rag and wake up the next day, like 7 a.m. I just sit there and just, I'm like, what do I do? And for the next like week, you know, I'm just trying to contemplate my life. I'm just like super emotional. And uh, at one point, my mom was like, you need to stop complaining so much. And she's trying to do so much to help me out. So I was like, I was like, I'm like, you're right. And I was still being, you know, rude. I was just pissed off. I think my parents understood the place I was in. So we actually decided to just get rid of these uh, pain pills. Well, within like five, seven hours, I felt freaking amazing. I was like, my mood was lifted up and I felt better again. But another week went by and I was trying to get back to Bowling Green and just start classes again. I was just determined to get back after. I was getting more motivated. And I was slowly mentally getting the right space. The thing that really was the kicker for me, though, that really set me off, I will remember for the rest of my life. My parents wanted me to get outside the house because I, I didn't really play video games. So I was just sitting there just hanging on my dad trying to do some homework and, and just read. And I just started reading the most I've ever read in my entire life. Um, and we decided to go to the movies and... Remember, this is not in COVID life. This is back in 2014. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what movie we're going to go to. And I'm like, okay, uh, let's figure this out. So we go to the movies and I'm waiting in line. And, you know, I look kind of, some, you can tell like there's something happened to me. I have this huge wrap around my leg. I was only always wearing shorts and it was, you know, towards the end of September. So it was kind of getting chilly back in Cleveland, Ohio. And this guy bumps me. And I have like bandages on my my fingers and and stuff because they were they were kind of broken in my arm my leg of course. This guy bumps me and he's like, "What'd you get decked by a bear?" And he starts laughing at me. And it's this old dude like you could tell like you just you know just wanted to bullshit. And I just kind of like look at him and I'm like, my first thought was like, "What are you talking about, man?" Like, 
and I almost got like offended, but then I like started looking back and he was like smiling. And then, like for some reason I smiled back and I was like, nah, this is a little bit more than that. And he's like, he's like, I get it. I get it, man. And my parents are kind of listening now and he's with his wife, I'm assuming. And he goes, yeah, he goes, um, I broke both my legs and my one arm and, um, I couldn't walk for, for about a year. He's like, you'll get through it. He goes, have a good night, man. He goes, you'll figure it out. Don't worry. It's going to be a journey. I'm like, what the fuck? That threw a, threw something at me. And I'm just sitting there and just like, holy shit. And I kind of just like, in awe of the moment, I'm like, and that, that, that like triggered something in my mind. Like somebody else has gone through something just as severe, if not way more. He broke his other leg and his arm. This dude literally was in a double cast in his legs. And he's like, I don't know the, the contacts before everything, but that's what he told me. If he was lying, I don't know. But guess what? I appreciate that shit so much because of what it did to me. And it lit a flame so big in my ass. <laughs> like those Red Hot Cheetos coming out or, or Taco Bell on a bad night. <laughs> but I literally was like, holy shit. I don't think I even thought about that movie. I just thought about what I was going to do the next day. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go like... I'm going to go and try to do like a machine at the rec center and just start working on my chest and arms and, and get physically going. And I want to move. I want to go. What can I do to make something better of this situation? And what I did was I made, I finished making my LinkedIn. I finished catching up on my, all my homework. I just didn't even look at my phone. You know, I just, the only thing I did, I used it for class or whatever it was. I just started doing my homework and I'm net and I just got so motivated now, the first thing I just thought of after that next day and hearing that guy talk to me was like, it could be a way worse. It could be so much worse than it is right now. I could I could have lost my leg even maybe. And I'm thinking about all this stuff. And this goes on for the entire length of my recovery through physical therapy. Um, so about an, another month went on. And I went back to the doctors and they un- unwrapped my, like all the bandages. My fingers are, you know, basically completely healed. Cause like it was only a hairline uh, breaks in there. So that means that it was very tiny, like the size of your hairs. That's how much the breaks it was. So they, they healed up pretty quick so I could do pull-ups and, and stuff like that at home. So I was getting going I was trying to do something. I was trying to move. I was just trying to be not trying to be a couch potato. That was the worst thing for you. Your body goes steady and your mind goes steady to bottom line. And those are things that we were studying in class. So, you know, I was studying ph- human physiology in class and all these things relating to me about what just happened in my situation. And we get to the doctor's office back in Bowling Green. I, and, I, and I believe, yeah, my mom was with, with me and they, they unwrapped my leg. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. The inflammation in my leg from the surgeries and everything, it made my leg actually purple and yellow in certain areas. And he, the doctor basically said... When this surgery went on and and all that swelling happened, your leg actually like doubled in size. That's probably why it felt he- heavy to you, even though you thought you're just being weak. He's like, your leg got doubled in size because all the blood and inflammation was slowly starting to heal. And all the red and white blood cells were getting around those muscles that we cut open and your bone and everything. So they were trying to, you know, basically heat self. Like they realized your stress with stress, they provide nurture. And this guy's talking to me. And I was like, holy shit. It was, it looked like almost like zebra, like prints around my leg, just yellow and purple and, and red in some areas. It was mind boggling. I started laughing. I was like, here we go. Some shit that I'm going to go through. We'll, we'll figure out the most. And like, I started to move. I did this thing called toes to nose. 
Um, so that's where you just basically sit down and you just move your, your toes towards your nose, your face. So you're kind of stretching out, you know, your Achilles tendon, your calf muscles, and you're getting those anterior parts of your leg to move and contract and then do some rotation, which I couldn't really do before. And they didn't really want me to do before until they can actually see my entire leg move. So I'm doing these rotations. They call it the ABCs where you're literally just moving your foot, trying to make letters A, B, C, D, and so on. And it like, you felt all these little muscles trying to move in and everything. And it was just like literally half the size of my leg. It was just, it was comical. So I was able to be on crutches, but I had to wear this other stint around my leg. Um, and I was a lot of, you know, like basically getting the shower now completely. It was nice. And, you know, I'm going through classes and, you know, I had to get actually get a taxi to class. I had to call a taxi service to drive to class and things of that nature. And, you know, at that moment in time, my mind was extremely sharp. I wasn't really ever drinking for, I think I didn't drink for like two and a half months or three months, whatever it was. And I was just thinking about like what I'm on a freaking hike here. I'm on the base camp here. Just got to start working my way up to start recovering. And the mental mindset of basically I went through about nine months of physical therapy and every single day was a challenge. It never was perfect. You know, you're dealing with school, you're dealing with, you know, friendships, you're dealing with your parents, you're dealing stuff with like romance, you're dealing with stuff with everything. You know, I couldn't play soccer. It was the first time in my life I couldn't play soccer for so long. I couldn't I can only do certain workouts. I can only do push-ups. I can only work up my upper arms. And I had roommates at the time, too, that could would drive me if they were able to. Or I had fraternity brothers. I had club soccer friends that would reach out to me and drive me to class if they could. Um, but, you know, a lot of times if I, I had classes at 7.30 in the morning, so I'd call a taxi and, and literally get delivered to class and, and then crutch my way in. Um, so after all those nine months of physical therapy, you know, I could – I started jogging again and I literally cried and the PT and I could walk and all these other things. And it was, it was insane. And I ended up having to get actually two more surgeries after that nine months of physical therapy. So I kind of did more and that's a whole nother conversation. But you know, what I'm trying to get at here is, is your mind. Um, it's everything. And if I didn't get in that state, you know, I said, you know, it could be always, it could be worse. You know, I don't care what kind of situation you are. Let's say you live in an apartment by yourself and you've got a job you hate. Well, guess what? You could be living on the street. You could be, you know, in a country where you have no food, you're starving every single day. And <clears throat> all these people I've met along this journey, especially still going on now, is like, it's a mindset I'll always have myself. Try to wake up, move around first thing in the morning. Try to go do something. Get the mind rolling, drink some water, maybe have a cup of joe. Um, and get going. And that's that mindset that related back to my buddy, Mike, who I was chatting through Snapchat. He's like one day at a time, man. And I literally, like I said, had that flashback to my surgeries and it was mind boggling to think I'm like, that's just literally fucking life. <laughs> it's one day at a time. You'd be building a home. My sister's building a home right now, trying to get all that going. She's been doing it for, uh, I think about two years now, just one at a time. You can't, you can't try to do too much. And damn, I've messed up that so many times, even still now, I try to do too much in one day. And that point in time, it just, you start realizing like, okay, it starts now. It's what, I, it's what you decide to do with your time. Either you make time or you're not. Um, I just, I have another friend who I'm definitely on the, pad, on the podcast next week. And, and I was BS when I was like, how do you do all this stuff? She's trying to, she's ending up getting her doctorate degree from University of Akron and she'll be on here. So she's a, she's a joy, but I asked her, I was like, how are you coaching soccer? You're going through school, you know, you own a home, you're doing all these things. And I was like, you're doing more than I thought I could do. And she's like, Henry, you know how it goes. You make freaking time. 
You decide what you want to do with that time. You decide what you want to do. You know, either you get distracted and you kind of have issues, but it literally is all your mind. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, yep, I needed that gut check right there. It's that. that meant so much. So I guess in conclusion, it's like with my recovery, that's where I found out your mindset is everything. And talking to people along the way in this journey that I went through, you know, and it kind of was crazy because I had a friend at the time that was in a really dark spot and, you know, he, I wasn't going to the bars at all. I wasn't going out at all. I was just doing my thing. I was literally waking up trying to do some, you know, pull-ups at a little pull-up bar in my room and, uh, or go to the, the rec center and hang out with some friends. I would crutch and just do b- dumbbell workouts. My one buddy would help me out. Um, and it was crazy to think that, and I remember justice like helped me out. He was my roommate at the time. He actually just got his MBA too. So congratulations, justice kicking ass, taking names. I'd love to see it. Hope you're doing good in Tennessee and everything. But, you know, my buddy called me super late at night. I think it had to be one in the morning and he was crying. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I was like, dude, what's up, man? Like, what's what's wrong? And he started telling me some things. I was like, shit. I was like, this guy's in a bad mental spot. And there's so many people out there, especially males. They hold all that shit in. And it's kind of like it's a good transition because the people that we all know and care for, we don't know what the hell they're going through. You know, we don't know. I mean, they could be laughing their brains out in front of you, acting like everything's peachy and it could not be. And always extend the hand because I remember talking to him and I was like, dude, I was like, what's going on, man? And he was so pissed off at the world. Some, you know, just just so mad in a bad mental space. And I was like, dude, I was like, you got to realize, man, I know you might not think right now, but there are people that care about you. There's so many people that care about you. You can't be frustrated this one little moment. There's going to be ups and downs. Come on. We're having this conversation at one thirty in the morning. And I was like, dude, let's do this. Go get some sleep. Go to bed. Try to sleep. Do whatever. Like, listen to some music. Vibe out. Watch a movie. Do something that just keeps your mind active. Off of what you're thinking. And let's do this. Come over tomorrow. We'll hang out. We'll BS. We'll try to make some breakfast or something. I don't care. Like, I just know you need to hang out with somebody. I don't want to hang out with you too, man. Like, I haven't seen you in an old thing. And he's like, okay. Comes over the next morning. We talk things out for about 25 minutes. And we both were, you know, I was going through my thing. He was going through his thing. So we're there for each other and growing together, trying to help each other get better. So it was amazing to feel that. And, you know, I know that he was always going to have battles. He might still have battles with that, but I didn't care. You know, we we try to make that moment better, and I think we did. So, I guess in conclusion, there's so many people that we may not know, we may do know, that have issues that are going on in our lives. But just, especially in, right now in 2020, you know, life's already hard enough. Extend your hand. Do what you can to make somebody feel welcome, feel better, um, and go from there. Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you try to help somebody else get better and make them feel better. I mean, it's just a rewarding human feeling to help somebody else out. I mean, I think we all need to slow down sometimes and think about a situation. Like, all right, I'm gonna hold this door for this person because they got too much stuff in their hands out of the grocery store. Or, you know, the whole cliche of opening the door for the old lady or the old gentleman who can't really move that well because his back's all messed up because he was in World War II. I don't know. But just extend your freaking hand, help somebody out. You may not even know them. Just say hi, say thank you for something. Those little things we need to start doing more, especially as Americans. It's so much easier. It doesn't matter what you believe in. Just do something to help each other out. It will make such a much more positive impact. That happiness will translate to so many else like it's a freaking disease in a good way. Let's do it. And that's all I want to say. But yeah, hey, let's get better one day at a time. Have fun. Thanks.